Bye, yo. We're fucking mad at you. Huh? Mm-hmm. Again? Because this is the most short notice episode we've ever recorded. I was checking news. Because huh. this is the first time we'll ever be cutting edge. And you know what I found? In the spirit of Halloween, um, they've announced a new Elvira comic called The Shape of Elvira, a parody of A Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Featuring a certain Black Lagoon son of a bitch who <gasps> won't leave my fucking life. Oh, I love him. Mmm. Oh, this is great news. This is great news. I'll, I'll dig into it later, but that's not why we're here. <clears throat> why are we here, Toby? Uh, we are here for another spooky Halloween with the School for Wayward Nerds. Happy Halloween, guys. Ladies and future boys, gather around this campfire every Ad Game Thursday to focus on the beautiful world of geek nonsense. My name is Toby DePola, and today we are reading from the Necronomicon that is Ash vs. the Evil Dead. We have our producer, Kai Steen, here, and uh, that's it. White Collar has been incarcerated for quote-unquote impersonating a bucket of fried chicken. Where, where's Meg, Kai? Um, she's on the other side. Because she tried to prove the fact that he is not a bucket of fried chicken, but she couldn't do it, so they were just like, get in. Oh. It's a very sad day in our family. Okay. Are you going to be here for next week's episode? Eh, it depends how I feel. Okay. In 2014, it was announced director Sam Raimi, uh, producer Rob Tappert, and Bruce Campbell were returning to the beloved cult franchise with the Cable Network stars. Um, do you remember hearing this news? No. No. I remember, I, I never really... I remember like, Trey excited about it, but I hadn't seen any of the Evil Dead films at that point. Yeah, it wasn't on my radar. And until they were a topic on the podcast, I never got around to, to seeing the old Evil Dead stuff. But everything that happens before the title card in the first episode of the series won me over pretty fucking quick. Um, it begins 30 years after the events of, um... Which Evil Dead movie? Because the copyrights were messy at first. <laughs> I think it's Evil Dead 2. I still... Like, I know we've covered it, and I should know this. I still get confused one. by which one is... It's not is a fucking right. sequel, is it? It's a. It's not even a remake. It's a bigger budget first movie again. Kind of? Uh, Army of Darkness. Okay. That's why not it as well. That's what this was... So... Originally, this TV show was supposed to be another movie. Yeah, I found which went on those from... in my notes. Uh, late, lately, but yeah, you're right. It was a script that blew up into a five-hour movie, and they're like, uh, yeah. Let's so break when it, it up was, a little bit. When it was originally set, it was supposed to come after Army of Darkness. Okay. So technically, the third film in the franchise. But if the script blew up. Hmm. And they couldn't get copyright to the third movie yet. Yeah. No, because this was supposed to be the third movie, and then they couldn't do that. 30 years after the third movie came out already? Are you sure? Okay, so this picks up 30 years after the events of the trilogy. For the first season, Universal Pictures wouldn't allow them to use footage or elements from the Army of Darkness. But for the second season... They were like, oh, you guys are kind of popular. Do you... Here you go. You have these. Yeah, exactly. Like the original films, it had not that big of a, you know, viewership, but the most intense culty people ever. Which is good. Because culty viewership 
usually leads to them like being allowed to do stuff that others wouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Um, Ash Williams has lived a quote-unquote normal life um, until the evil has not just reawakened but begins a straight-up invasion. Um, teaming up with a great cast of characters, Ash sets off to conquer the Deadites once again. Do, do you want to tangent into the cast? I can definitely tangent into cast. Um, in the legendary role of uh, Ash J. Williams, mm-hmm. we have Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um, Ash is always the perfect balance of like badass and complete fucking goof. And yeah. It, and it's, he knows it though, which is the good part. He's charismatic about being a fucking oaf. Yes. It's done well. You wouldn't be able to. I don't. I can't imagine another person filling that role. No. Particularly because he's been in all of them now. Like to change it now would be too weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just making sure I have something to edit out on you. Half the campus is dumb drilling cat. Yeah, Ray Santiago as Pablo. Pablo's like Ash's Robin in this. Yes. Um, he does his best. And he, particularly in this season, brings his own, like. I don't think they'd be able to talk about some of the things that happened in this season without having him. If that makes sense. Like, he really, like, shifts the entire direction of Evil Dead. Hmm. Um, Dana DeLorenzo as Kelly Maxwell. Kelly's awesome in this. Um, Kelly's awesome! Yeah, all of her convention photos are so fucking funny. Um, yeah, she starts off as, like, this standoffish love interest for Pablo, but she quickly becomes fucking hardcore throughout this season and then just continues throughout the show's run. Um, she, she is mini-Ash, but, like, angry feminist mini-Ash. Yeah. I, I could easily watch her and Pablo continuing the series, and that's, like, a big call. Like, it's hard to stand out next to Bruce Campbell doing anything, which was part of the weird thing about the first movie. You, you know, because, like, at the start, everyone's there in the car and no one's that special. But over the course of filming, Bruce Campbell, like, gets better at it and everyone about stays the same. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, it's very clear that he's, like, he's, almost, he's almost the final girl in normal horror movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, who else is in this? Uh, Lucy Lawless. Mm-hmm. Most people Ruby. know her as Xena, but... Because I have a weird childhood, I remember her more as the um, dominatrix from Eurotrip. I mean, we all have our things. Yeah, um, she's so fucking, like, deceitful and mysterious. I struggled to believe or understand her deal at all in the first season. Um, she does this... We haven't... Yeah, she's not really, like... She's mystery. She doesn't. She doesn't give anything outstanding in the first season. But it's not bad that it's that way because it makes such an impact in season two. Yeah, it gives him something to play with later. Well, like you, you basically write her off, and you're like, oh yeah, she's gonna be there, but she's not like a pivotal character. Hmm. And then you get season two, and you're like, oh shit. Oh, yes. Yeah. Got it. Um. You also have Jill Jones. 
Mm-hmm. Who is Amanda Fisher? Um, yeah, I feel fucking bad for her. She goes through some shit in season one. Um, you can tell that the original creators who worked on the, f- the original four movies, depending on whatever the fuck this almost was. Um, yeah, you can tell they were the ones who did this as well because all the additional characters still feel good in the universe. Yeah. Like it never, it never does that fan fictiony thing that a lot of. TV series based on movies tend to do. Yeah. Or what Simpsons became halfway through itself. Um. And the best, most wonderful character in this show, uh, played by a shitload of people, is the Deadites. Um, they're probably one of my favourite monsters because they don't follow any fucking rules. They're, they're, you know, you can t- take off the head and that only works if it's convenient until it's not. Like, their, their sole duty is just fucking with people. Yeah. Um, they're, they're kind of like the Gremlins, which was my first and favourite, so it makes sense that I'd like the Deadites as well. Um, yeah, not only are they fun, but they're just visually great. Um, which uh, tangents into my next question. Uh, what do you think about the visuals in this show? They're great. They're like equal parts of dumb slapstick and like over-the-top amazingness. They take their goal so gratuitously that it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fucking bloodbath of a show. Um, I was watching some behind-the-scenes stuff, and they have a light splatter crank machine to flick little blood at people. Oh, yes. They've also got a blood cannon, which is um, just... It, it was pretty much like the thing that shoots the baseballs out. Oh, yeah, okay. It was pretty much one of those that just fires, like, a blob of blood. But my favourite one was a, um... It was, it was just a repurposed snowblower, essentially. Ew. Yep. Um, I, it, it has a little bit of CGI and it shows, but it also uses um, practical effects, which I'll always appreciate. Practical effects just looks better. Mm. CGI has never looked perfect, and I never fucking will. Because in six months, a better version will come out, and it'll always be the case. Well, that, and, like, it's hard for actors to react good to it. Mm. Like, if it's practical, there's something, like, particularly, like, with this in the blood, like, they can react to getting splattered in the face or something like that. Whereas if it was all imposed later on... It would look you like would lose f- all of that. Yeah, it'd look like the fucking Phantom Menace. Yeah. Well, was it the second one? Yeah, the second one where Anakin floats the bear at his girlfriend. She, like, pops it with her fork and then puts it in her mouth and smiles and doesn't chew because there's no food in her fucking mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It never does that. But, I, I don't know. I just think it looks better because they actually know what they're acting to. Yeah. Um... I, I had already mentioned how great the opening setup for the show is. Um, seriously, go out and find it. But the whole pilot keeps up its pace. Yeah. Um, me, me and Kai were talking about how good the balance is between the goofy shit and horror. Like, the scenes of Detective Fisher first experiencing Deadites followed quickly by Ash and Pablo just being shit at their shitty jobs. Yeah. At the value store. I just, I love the flow of it. Like, it shouldn't, it should be jarring. 
But it just, it never feels bad. It, it's got a really good flow to it. Well, I think because it was originally written to be a movie, like, it needed that constant flow. Yeah, it just, it does it so well. It almost jumps genres in its, in the amount that it does. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, like, I think it benefits from, like, okay, we'll write another, like, hour and a half movie. Hang on. Like, we'll just keep jumping ideas in there. Mm. Like, you can feel that it's got a movie's pacing, but, like... But it never drags. Yeah. Like, it never becomes the Justice League movie halfway through. No. Because right, it didn't have spats CGI. Um, yeah, well, like I, like I said earlier, like, this series was good enough for me to go back and watch the original movies. Um, what did you think of the pilot episode? Did you have any favourite bits? Um... Not really. But then again, when I first watched it, we watched it, like, in and out. Mm. So, like, even going back and watching it now, I kind of struggle to pick bits, if that makes sense. Like, because when we originally watched it, we were only watching it, like, when Trey could stream it to us. Well, we didn't, have, we didn't have a stand, which is how Australians would watch this show. Yeah. So it was only we kind of when Trey and I... We almost worked. watched it like a trilogy, because we did, like, mini binges. Yeah, but see, like, I wasn't always there when an episode started for, like, the first three or four. Yeah. And I was really nervous about it being, like, overly gory, because every time I'd come into the room, there was, like, blood everywhere, or, like... Bones being thrown against the wall. Like when that girl's bones stick out her leg right near the end. Well, no, because by that point we'd had Stan. It was only the first, like, three or four episodes that we hadn't. Yeah. But, like, I was like, I don't... I'm like, I don't think I want to watch this. So I was very, like... I was never engaged in the first couple of episodes. And I think that still carries when I go back and rewatch it now. Hmm. Just because I know, like where it gets good for me so I'm like I just need to get through this like I don't need to pay attention to it I just wait until we get to this bit um I, I like the uh the creepy doll scene with like the little lady version of like a Chucky and then just gets smushed with a shovel of course you like that scene yeah um, I like the way they do the flashback stuff like cause they, they only had the rights to one of the movies but they were like running a projector of the original in the background while Ash is telling the story. Yeah. I liked it. The visual of it was cool. Um, They used, like, what they could get really smartly. And it, it just does the dopey slapstick shit. Like, um, when Ash picks up a box of light bulbs and, like, the he, he puts it up on his shoulder and the box just isn't sealed. So he manages to drop, like, 57 fucking light bulbs and they all just shatter around him and he's trying to keep quiet. But that's, like, just him. Yeah. Um, and, and when the music starts and he gets his boomstick and his fucking chainsaw hand right at the end of the episode, it's very exciting. Um, Gotta love a man with a chainsaw hand. Yeah. Now, at this point, I would ask what your favourite episode is, but there is only one correct answer, and it is episode two, Bait. Okay. Um, this is the one in which Callie, who, um, is so fucking little and innocent compared to later in the show's run, she goes to check on her dad and Ash and Pablo 
have to possibly save her. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a good, stupid episode. Um, meanwhile, Flish, Fish is going after them to get to the bottom of, like, this weird dead art shit. Um, yeah, we've, but we've kind of left it out because we've decided to leave the main series plot spoiler free. So there's still something for people to go as, back as and As much as out. we can. Um, yeah, frankly, it could use a bit more attention and viewers, so we didn't want to cover the entire thing. Yeah. Um, but in the, the episode plot is that, um, Callie's mother is back from what we thought was the dead, and Ash, who is, you know, an expert in this shit, is very suspicious. Um, in his back and forths with the mum and the husband are fucking so hilarious, and I just... I can't describe Bruce Campbell's timing or shitty attitude. There's no way. And my measly Australian words can't do the great chin justice. So there's there's no way for us to describe how dumb and funny and great it is. It's it's so good because you've got Kelly and her dad who are so excited to get the mother back. You've got Pablo that's trying to impress Kelly. So he's just like he's Yeah just yeah, this is great, yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And Bruce just doesn't or Ash from the get go is like you're all a bunch of morons. Like obviously she's not who she says she is. Oh, I'll be polite right up until I'm rude. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, they have some. They have some very good um, like one liners and stuff mm. throughout the whole thing. Like, there's one that is going to come up. Well, actually, I don't know whether you're going to bring it up later. Yeah. But it's from a later episode. And it was completely ad-libbed by the actress. But it calls back to, like, the original um, stuff so well. Um, it's when... I have it actually written down. Well, the final part of episode two is very good as well. I don't really don't want to play with any of it because I just it's it's all the comedic timing about the show. Like, there's no way for us to sort of describe it other than its timing's perfect in every way. Yeah, um, like its pacing and its timing is good. Yeah. Like you can tell that the script writers like really paid attention to who was delivering the line and how they like yeah they're clearly in the fucking zone yeah um the third episode has plenty of ash being a dumbass with no people skills but it's almost all necronomicon rules and mythology it's it's very culty in both senses like it's all you know pentagrams and nonsense but it's also the cultiest fucking movie ever turned tv series yeah um, and if we're leaving an overarching story from this podcast, then there is fuck all in this episode for us to share with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what did you think about the demon in that episode? It's it's actually pretty scary. The shuddering effect over the practical is so fucking cool looking. Like, it's this amazing practical monster, but they've just got it, like... Yeah. Fi- like, not even fidgeting. It's almost vibrating like a really bad VHS signal. Yeah. It's... It fucking is so cool looking. He also does not translate to action figures well because it's not vibrating and it looks stupid. This is also true. Um, 
Do you have any thoughts about episode four, the uh, the Brujo? Is that the one with? I don't know their titles, but is that the one where they go to Pablo's farm? Mm-hmm. I love all of that section of it because it completely adds like. It's the first time we really see something introduced into Evil Dead that technically shouldn't, like... It's not just the book anymore. ...make sense. Yeah. But it completely, like, adds a whole other layer to what's going on around them. Yeah. Um, I love that Ash has had that old mobile Delta since before the 1981 movie and is still trying to pay it off in 2015 when the episode which, comes out. Which is somewhat understandable. It's very Ash. It's very Ash. Um, in this one, uh, the quote-unquote ghost beaters, they, they meet Pablo's uncle, who is a shaman, um, and he tries to stop some evil. Um, Do you know what he's recently been in? No, what, what's he been in? Spider-Man. It's my one fact that I know. Very good. Um... Without going into the Detective Fisher and Lucy, like, overarching plot, seeing Ash's hand return was pretty cool. I don't know. It's great. It's kind of... It looks obvious, but it's also, like, the thing from Adam's family, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I just, like... Because at this stage, they're like, okay, let's actually build the characters out now. Mm. And you see, like, Kelly slowly starting to become herself, and Pablo, like, is less of a puppy dog. He's working on out. Yeah, he, he gets some balls. Yeah. Um, they go to the wizard, he gets some balls. Yeah, it's the fucking weirdness of Asher's spiritual journey as well. It features Felix the Cat, Charlie's Angels, and Playboy magazine. Uh, it also features, um, I don't know, like, it's just, it's full of weird shit. Which is Ash. Yeah, um, this is the first time we see his, uh, his happy place, which is Jacksonville, Florida, for some fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah, the, the balance of funny, fucked up, and scary fucked up during that episode is great, and, um, it's also when we get Callie being possessed, which is sort of her breaking point. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so there's a good one. I'd, I'd forgotten how much cool shit is in the first season. Like, all the stuff I remember about the show took place in later seasons, like the sperm bank yeah. and the high school and shit like that. But the exorcism stuff in this episode was just as good as the later stuff. Well, that's why I like that this, like, section is probably, like, my favourite from season one. I also took the note that Callie pays herself in that episode, too. Yeah, she does. I don't know if that's crucial. Or if it's a spoiler, but it happens. It is. Mm. Um. <clears throat> but no, I like that like <clears throat> section of it because, like I said, it shouldn't be as good as it is. You're like, oh, they're bringing in like a voodoo mm. trait, and you're like, mm. while rewatching it episode by episode, and not just in one big blur, we kind of noticed that every trope gets covered. Like you've got the voodoo episode, you've got the exorcism episode. You've got the, you know, the Book of the Dead episode. You've got the... You've got, like, the redneck apocalypse. Like, it's all there. They hit on all the notes, but so, like... But still with, like, the Evil Dead spin. 
Yeah, but it's also so, like, well integrated into Evil Dead that you don't realise it. Yeah, this is our third viewing and we're just noticing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Killer of Killers episode is where things start to get really fucking into it. Um, The journey back to the cabin begins. um, And it's a journey that begins in a little diner in which we have to learn that sex with Ash Williams is worth more than $22.89. Booyah! Uh, we learn about a weapon stockpile on the way to the cabin, and we learn that the police are closing in on the game. Well, so they think. Hmm. But they're, they're all dead by the end of the episode, doesn't it? Well, that's why I said so they think, because mm. I don't know that's <laughs> going to happen. I like the way the diner is is the dead-eyed attack. Like, it's easily the bloodiest fucking thing in the season. Like, puns are made over three dead children, and not they were never dead-eyes. They are just murdered children. Yeah. Um, the second we see an industrial meat slicer, we know exactly where the keys are. Yeah. Because you've got to use those. Um, and the whole episode wraps up with Renegade by Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it really sucks that the show is over and Bruce doesn't want to return because I could gladly watch those three guys just, like, beat us up and down forever. I'm okay with it. The ending was good, but I could I could easily sit through like ten seasons of this shit. No, yeah, but no problem. Would you want to? Yeah. It never, I I don't. Mm. It never got because stale. I'm like, but that's the thing. It never got stale. It mm. never outstayed its welcome. It gave you everything that it had. It gave it at a hundred percent, and that's it. Shows that keep the same crew tend to. St- like still be good later seasons always sunny it's still all the same guys South Park's all the same guys like it's changed a lot since it started but it's still got that same I would rather go like have it go out on that absolute freaking high Mm -hmm. than drag on and I'm not saying that it would drag on I'm just saying that like at least where it's capped if they wanted to keep going there is an option there but for him to say, look, it's done, that's it, I'm not mad. Would, would you have ever watched a Pablo and Calione season? Yeah, for sure. But again, if it doesn't happen, I'm not mad. Like, a lot of shows have ended, and I'm like, oh, great, I'm so glad that's finished, or damn, I wish there was more. This is finished in a way that I'm like, Okay. There's no big like I'm I'm proud that you guys have sat there and gone, and we're good. Yeah. Um, fire in the hole is another really good episode. That's the militia apocalypse one I mentioned. Um, yeah, it's just a fucking zombie movie of a thing. It also features Mile Cawthorn, a New Zealand filmmaker and actor we've seen in Deathgasm. Um, this whole episode I think was in New Zealand, right? Yes. At a certain point, the show is just in New Zealand now. I think it's towards when they go to Pablo's mm. uncle's farm. It's, I think it's, that's when it starts, like, because that part I remember was filmed in New Zealand. Because it's, it's a rebuild of the cabin. It's not the original. Yeah, no. Because we found their original cabin pieces for sale. Yeah, and they also burned most of it to the fucking ground. Um, they did, but you could still get one wall. There was a guy that was happily selling off sections of the wall of the cabin yeah. on eBay. Yeah, that was pretty Remember? Because we, yeah. like, went searching to find out, like, where the actual cabin was and if it was still standing and stuff like that. 
and we came across the guy that owns the land. He'd managed to keep one wall of the cabin. And he was like, if you come with a trailer, you can just buy some of the cabin. It's a weird piece of memorabilia to have around the house, isn't it? Like, yeah, we were very confused by it. Um, yeah, th- this episode has so much blood and pyrotechnics in it. Um, there isn't much to offer outside the overarching story with Ruby and Ash's hand, but it doesn't need much more. Like, it's just a simple, oh, we've taken a wrong turn into, like, a shitstorm kind of episode. Yeah. It's very fun. At this point, we now arrive back at the cabin. Yep. Um, and this is essentially where i got to stop spoiling the show for all you beautiful and greasy future boys listening. Um, it's on stand for us. It's on iTunes. It's alleged. I'm allegedly sure it's allegedly on some other alleged torrent sites, probably. Don't torrent it, guys. Go out and buy it. But I'd say, like, I only have, like, three or four things, so I tend to be fine giving them money. Just, just go and buy it. It's worth the quality. Mm. Um, so, do you have any thoughts about like the closing out of the season? It wrapped it up well without wrapping it up. Mm. In a weird way, it does. It's such an odd ending. Yes. It's very... I, I, I can't even describe it. Like, it's a stalemate almost. The, well, that's why I said, like, it's finished... But it still needs like another episode to finish. Yeah, it gives which is why you get season going. two. I don't know if they knew that they were going to get another season at that point, but so like, they tried to end it uh, gently enough. That's why I think I like the overall ending mm-hmm. because, like, it ends it a lot cleaner. Yeah, okay, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Some of my notes about the finale was that even without seeing previous movies, the cabin carried so much gravity when they get to it. Oh, you can tell it's, like, a character Oh, you can tell it's a big deal. Like, you can feel its presence and shit. And it's good filmmaking and storytelling that you can get that reaction, like, without us having previous knowledge going into it. Yeah. Um, the hikers they run into make me so ashamed of our accent, and I am so sorry if you're listening to this. Because we're atrocious. That's where I put on an accent when we go on holidays. Mm. Um, how did you feel about what happens to the characters in the end of this season? Um, like, how do you feel about Ruby's ending for season one? I don't remember. She, it's hard to say if she wins or not. I don't like her winning. Um, Popboy goes through some shit. But he sort of starts to get into the shaman stuff after this. Like, he... He Callie's break, his role within... Yeah. Callie's breaking point group. earlier is... It, it, Pub Wars is kind of right at the end for him. Um, I, I think, like, Kelly worked out a lot earlier, like, what role she needed to fill in yeah. order to, like, add to the group. This is where Pablo's like... I mean, I guess this is where I come in. He goes through some, like, horrible stuff to watch towards the end of it, too. Um, yeah, he goes through some shit. So does Callie, but, like, not... It's not as scary. She's almost doing her own evil dead at a certain point, and she ends up just cracking the shits and trying to burn it down, which I love. Which kind of... a reference to what happens in the original cabin. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they put it in there. Mm, the, the, her 
Her, like, finale stuff is kind of why I would easily watch her and Pablo just doing Evil Dead on their own. Because it's very good. Um, and, and the, the stuff Ash goes through is pretty good. Um, at, at no point does it ever get, like, too, oh, intense or too scary because he's still a dumbass the entire time. Yeah. Um, um, Fisher and Heather get so fucked over by the end of this series, or just by the end of season one. Um, I I'd say watch to find out, but like, oh, they they, they don't they go so good. Yeah, but you kind of expect that. From I didn't. A show like there's this. no reason Fisher couldn't have lasted, but she don't. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. She don't. Well, yeah, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before the homework stuff? Just watch the entire thing. Mm. But take your time. I'm sure we'll end up covering season two and three later on, definitely. It is such an easy show to binge watch. It's a rabbit hole. And you can. But it's also one of those shows that if you give yourself, like, a day in between each episode... You won't be disappointed either, because it gives you just long enough to, like, really digest what happened and be like, oh man, where's this going to go? Because when you, to to next, yeah, when you yeah. get to the next episode, you're like, that is not where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it throws such a good turn. And, like, even us going through as much as we have doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Like, it's completely different to what you're picturing. Unless you've seen it, and then you're like, yeah. I wanted to leave plenty of it to see, because it's definitely worth watching. And I actually, like... It's very rare that I will say this, because I'm not a fan of, like, this genre normally. Mm. It's a really great, like... If you have teenage kids, this is fine to show them. Is it genre-proof? No. I don't know if that's a word, but is it, like, outside of its own rules for genre? Yes. Yeah, it's genre It's proof. outside of its own rules for, for Necronomicon. Yeah. Like, it has no rules. That's why I love it, though, is because any, like, whatever annoys or fucks with humans the most is what they go with, whether it follows any fucking rules. They're just there in, are no rules. They are inconvenient beasts. Yes. Um, yeah, do you want to get a time like that? We, we can homework it. So, homework. Mm. The Evil Dead. Yeah, it be- between this finishing up for good and mm-hmm. the Chucky TV series being under development instead of finishing the fucking trilogy I was loving and I'm halfway through, but I guess I'm gonna fuck myself. Um, and also Buffy. You like Buffy's? There, there is lots of. There's more than I realized there is when I lots started of coming up with ideas. That have turned into TV shows whether it's because it fit the format better or well, I just wanted to it just that needed... cow a bit longer well no it's not about that but it's like there was too much to put into a single movie mm. and doing like a trilogy wouldn't have fit like Buffy needed to become a TV because particularly in those early seasons they had so many like 
character or demon of the week to get through mm-hmm. to build a world that everything could happen at once. And I feel that's kind of the same with like Evil Dead and that. Yeah. Like they kind of had to give you something in order to like build to everything else. Does that make sense? Sort of. Um. Um. Yeah. Well, the hard question was, um, what what movie would you like to see turned into a TV series? This has been hard. I'm mm. not gonna lie. I have struggled with this question since we came up with it. Trying to find one that wasn't getting a reboot or some bullshit already was hard, but also not just going straight to good old faithful Frankenhooker for my answer was also difficult. Mm. I'm keeping to Halloween month, mm-hmm. seeing as we are currently October. Mm. And I'm going to talk about something that I think you've seen once, ever, and you didn't actually watch it. I would like Who to see a Halloween Town oh, no, I didn't, TV show. I didn't take the time for that. No, I know, but you it was on in the room while you were there. Listeners too, probably. Okay, so back in late nineties, early two thousands, there was a Disney Channel original Halloween film where uh, a family of kids who thought they were relatively normal. Turns out they're not. They are part of a magical family. And their grandmother this is lives... of Waverly Place? No. Their okay. grandmother lives in the magical town of Halloween Town. Creative name, go on. Yep. Um, there's actually been, I think, four or five films in the series. Um... But it would just be so fun to see, like, Halloween Town High or, like, that section, but as a TV show. Because, like, there were so many fun aspects from that, like, thing, and it's still, like, so present in so many people's minds. I'm sure Disney people will remember it, but... I didn't have Disney Channel, so it's kind of eluding me. Well, I didn't have Disney Channel, but I know about Halloween Town Hall. I didn't watch, like, straight-to-DVD movies either. Um, and I think it would also be, like, somewhat of a nice tribute, because the grandmother in Halloween Town is Debbie Reynolds. Okay. She was, um, well, she's done a hell of a lot, but you would probably know her as the mother of Carrie Fisher. Ah. And she passed away a couple of days after Carrie. Okay. Of a broken heart. Mm. Sorry, we, we just lost Burt Reynolds recently too, so I assumed you meant like his wife or something. Um, no. No, unrelated. Yeah, she was married to Ed Fish. Well, fair mm. enough. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so I think that would be a cool... I I would watch that. And it would introduce, like, the next generation to Halloween Town. Okay. But they'd have to do it, like, good. Not not bad, but good. Well, you always hope it's going to be good. We hoped Venom was going to be good, but, uh... 
what would it be two days ago's news for the people listening to this new well that's like oh it, it was the same with um one that's recently gone from movie to reboot of tv show um shadow hunters oh you have thoughts about shadow it, hunters. it was a great book it was amazing the movie was so so Mm-hmm. They announced that they were rebooting it as a TV show, which fit the books a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad TV show, but it's not what I wanted. Yeah. I'm not mad at it, but I'm also not... I haven't watched it since, like, season two. Yeah, okay. So, what movie would you like to become a TV? I was going to go with more rats, but I'm... It's hard to tell because um, Kevin Smith likes to be too high to stick to an idea very long. So I think it's happening, but I've also think it's been happening for like three or four years now. Yeah. So in lieu of that, I went with Underworld instead. Oh, yeah. I don't... Hmm. Is there any good current like vampire TV series or a little Hellboy? Done? I don't know. I can't. F- I just can't fucking get into Hellboy, no matter how hard I try. And that's also currently under developers a reboot already, ah. which I was trying to avoid. Which is harder than I thought because every motherfucking thing is under a development. Yeah. I also suggested Batman and Robin the TV series and oh, no, just I keeping just... it in the Joel Schumacher like gay universe. I thought of a great one. Yeah. What do you got? Gremlins. It's already under development for a reboot. That's yeah, why I didn't do but it. But not as a TV show. Mm, maybe. I could watch. I could watch those little green bastards be cheeky all day long. Mm. I'm. I'm. I want to see the movie after hearing about the whole um, pillow scene. I know they've cut it out, but like, how fucking dark is this reboot gonna be? Mm. For all those unaware, um. The original creator of the Gremlins movies, um, in the third one, was going to have Billy just put a pillow over Gizmo's head and just fucking kill it. Just avoid all this nonsense. They decided to take it out because it wasn't very good for, uh, you know, happy viewers. Particularly considering, like, the channel that that went down. Hmm. Like, it, it became way too, like... Childish and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd say messaging on Facebook what what you'd like to see turn into a TV show, but no one listening. <laughs> if you made it this far, good for you. There's a there's a there's a nice chocolate bar under your seat. Unless you're driving. Unless it's not there. Unless you already ate it. Mm. People are just driving along. They find a chocolate bar under their seat. Hmm, what's this? Melted hmm. is probably. I suppose I put on school for it with nuts. Hmm. Um. Well, I've been Toby, and it's it's Halloween season. Spooky bull month. Yep. The bull of spook. The pumpkins, they <gasps> giggle. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Betty Boop, but her last movie really wasn't a movie about her, so... I'm not going to call six minute long shorts real. I'm not going to cap qualify those as anything. Cool world. Yeah, I liked the idea of Brad Pitt just just doing cartoon crimes. So it's just NCIS, but half of it's cartoon and 
And judging by the quality of that film, it can't be that expensive to produce. It could do... It looks like shit. No, no, it would be a three-episode rotation. Hmm. So, because there's three different storylines that they could use. (laughs) One follows her in the real world. Holly in the real world. Yeah. One follows Brad Pitt as detective. Hmm. And the other one is just... The, the, the Gabrielle Burns like, guy just yeah. doing nothing and sucking the whole movie. Just trying to keep up with it. Yeah, just He's trying like, to die. The, the he doesn't want it anymore. His neighbor keep popping around. Hmm. And that comic book store lady who was like a weird plot that just careened away into the distance ten minutes into the movie for no fucking reason. We've got a lot of cool world thoughts. Um, we've covered it, so you can go back and think about that. Or or don't. No, no, listen to our podcast. But just don't expect much, just don't expect anything going into it. Yeah, we're just amusing ourselves these days. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. I have been Toby DePaula. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gone now. Bye. Bye! I love you.